Conservative leader Pierre Polyev leveled serious charges against Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, claiming that Trudeau was working against the interests of Canada. Asylum seekers crossing the U.S.-Canada border illegally via Roxham Road are straining resources in Quebec and Ontario, but the governments of B.C. and Alberta say they have no plans to take in any of these border crossers. Meanwhile, the Conservatives are accusing the Trudeau government of providing a, quote, culture of death and plan on tabling a bill to repeal a liberal law that allows those suffering from mental illness to access doctor-assisted suicide. Hello Canada, it's Wednesday, March 8th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Anthony Fury. And I'm Andrew Lawton. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. In response to the Prime Minister's refusal to launch an independent inquiry into allegations of Chinese interference in Canadian elections, Conservative leader Pierre Polyev says Trudeau is working against the interests of Canada. This has never happened before. They must be very worried about how the Prime Minister is working against the interests of his own country and his own people. They've been warning him for years about this. And what has he done? He's covered it up, even encouraged it to continue. And so they are so concerned about how the Prime Minister is acting against Canada's interests and in favour of a foreign dictatorship's interests that they are actually releasing this information publicly. And what is Trudeau's priority? Not to stop the foreign interference. No, that's not the problem for him. The problem is the whistleblowers. So he's, he's against a real investigation into the foreign interference we know happened, but in favor of a tough police investigation into the whistleblowers who are exposing it. This is the Trudeau's pro. This is exactly what he did, but it's exactly what he did with Jody Wilson-Raybould. She spoke out against him helping a, a liberal company get off criminal charges. He didn't go after the corruption. He went after the whistleblower. Same with Mark Norman. He still spoke up. A, a, a respected admiral spoke up against liberal corruption in the issuance of multi-billion dollar contracts. And did he go after the corruption? No, he went after the whistleblower. He always stands up for the corruption against the whistleblower, and in this case, against Canada's interests. On Monday, Trudeau announced new steps to investigate claims that the Beijing communist regime influenced Canada's elections unfairly, but stopped short of committing to a public inquiry on the matter. Trudeau said he would ask the National Security and Intelligence Committee of Parliamentarians, along with the National Security and Intelligence Review Agency, to look into the claims of foreign interference. Now, a special rapporteur who has yet to be named will look into the concerns and give recommendations on how to address the problem, according to Trudeau. Polyev took aim at Trudeau's decision to appoint a rapporteur, calling it a, quote, fake job. We've told them we're not, we want to, uh, we, we don't think there's a, why do we need a special rapporteur? What does this rapporteur even do? It sounds like a fake job. We need someone who actually has a real work plan. And what we said is we need an independent and open investigation headed by someone approved by all parties in the House of Commons, not another liberal establishment Ottawa insider. 
So, Andrew, do you think that Pierre Polyev is upping the ante in a, in a dangerous way, maybe pushing the envelope a bit too far here in a way that will make people go, oh, I'm kind of feeling for Trudeau now? Or is he actually right where the moment is at? And people are saying, yeah, we, we want to push things further. Well, I think the reason Trudeau is doing something is because this isn't going away. And I, I think he realizes that uh, this is uh, an issue that's annoying and alienating to a lot of people in this country. And that's why he, he's folded even from his previous position that is effectively you're racist if you talk about this. But I also would say that a lot of Canadians will probably have difficulty distinguishing between a parliamentary committee and a committee of parliamentarians, between a public inquiry and an inquiry by the National Security and Intelligence Review Agency. So I, I think when Pierre Polyev is saying, no, this isn't good enough, you need to do a different type of inquiry, uh, it starts to get very challenging for Canadians to say, okay, like, what's the difference at that point? No, for sure. I, I almost see like a SNL sketch, you know, it's not just a rapporteur, it's a special rapporteur. And is that <laughs> supposed to say to the folks, hey, look how, look how important this all is here. Um, but, you know, to your point, maybe this will send a message to to swing voters who don't pay detailed attention to politics that he's doing something. It just doesn't deal with the fact that so many expert people, ex-diplomats, academics, former security officials, Gerald Butts, have all said, you should probably do an inquiry. And it is a face-saving move. And, and what I'm interested in seeing as well is, is whether this is enough to check the box of the NDP. Because remember, and you and I were talking about this on Monday's show, the NDP has been saying that they might consider perhaps possibly maybe, maybe, maybe making a public inquiry a condition of their support for the Liberals. But as you noted, the NDP do not want an election. Uh, they rarely do. So perhaps this will be enough for the NDP to say, yes, we've got a concession from the Liberals. We're having an investigation. Now we can go on our merry way. So I, the, the reality is, and I, I don't want to besmirch the eventual special rapporteur. I assume it's going to be some retired Supreme Court justice as it usually is in Canada. But my belief on this is that national security investigations, like the two that are being probed here, are deliberately done behind closed doors. There'll be a report that's redacted at the end of it, but so much of the process will be opaque. And that's where I think a public inquiry would have had a huge advantage. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. As cities across Ontario and Quebec struggle to deal with the influx of asylum seekers from Roxham Road and those illegally crossing the border, the provinces of Alberta and B.C. say they have no plans to help lighten the load. The mayor of Niagara Falls, Ontario, has said that uh, his city is overwhelmed after receiving nearly 3,000 relocated asylum seekers who are living in hotel rooms paid for by the federal government. According to immigration refugees, 
Refugees and Citizenship Canada. 702 asylum claimants have been bused from Quebec into Ottawa, 618 to Windsor, and 1,396 to Cornwall, uh, which is uh, just a little bit west of Ottawa. Uh, furthermore, transfers to the Maritimes have just begun. 63 asylum seekers are now in Halifax, 30 in Fredericton. Garrett Kohler, a spokesperson for Alberta's Trade and Multiculturalism Department, said that, quote, decisions around accepting asylum claims lie solely with the federal government in Alberta, does not currently have any arrangements or agreement in place with the feds that would facilitate individuals who cross the border at unofficial border crossings being transported to Alberta. A spokesperson for BC's Ministry of Municipal Affairs similarly told True North the province is not aware of any Roxham Road asylum seekers being transferred to BC. Uh, asylum seekers were transferred to Atlantic Canada and Ontario after Quebec Premier Francois Legault told Justin Trudeau that his province just can't support any more of this. Uh, Quebec is already spending about $20 million a month on social benefits for these claimants. The The border issue is, I think, a, a multi-pronged thing because there is the, the right and wrong of, of borders need to be secure. But then there is this economic strain. And, and you know, when people talk about, well, well, what's the problem? This is exactly it. No, it's so true. And I think one of the reasons that the Roxham Road conversation feels a little different now than it did a few years ago back pre-COVID is that we are now talking a lot about the strain on infrastructure more generally. Uh, the pandemic taught us that, that the myth of the great Canadian healthcare system is just that. It's a myth. It can crumble quite easily. We're talking about how our roads, how our transportation systems are really maxed out. Lots of frustrations. And these concerns come from people who, who can be new, new Canadians, who are in communities uh, that are seeing a large influx of individuals who have come here legally, of course, as, as legal immigrants. And then if they see queue jumping going on and they're told that uh, people crossing at Roxham Road are just exacerbating the situation, they're going to get frustrated. So, yeah, we're having the conversation about infrastructure right when uh, we have people joining us who are straining resources. Absolutely. And I, I think that it is a federal concern very much. But as we see in the case of Quebec, it's provinces that are bearing the brunt of it. So I, I'm actually not surprised that you have some provinces like Alberta, notably saying this isn't our problem. I mean, if you read between the lines, the comment that I see there is you made this mess, you can deal with it. No, certainly. But then one wonders as well if Francois Legault, who really wants to make noise about this, and he does, is further serious, he may do a similar thing that has happened in the United States with uh, uh, southern border governors who said, well, we're facing the strain from these individuals. We want to get other voices aware of the problem or, or speaking out about the problem. So we're going to send 100 people to the footsteps of the Edmonton legislature uh, to get them in on the game. Conservative MP Ed Fast plans to table legislation that would repeal a Trudeau government law that allows those suffering from mental illness to access doctor-assisted suicide. While speaking to reporters on Tuesday, Fast accused the Liberals of promoting a, quote, culture of death. Here's what that sounded like. The bill will simply return the state of our law to what it would have been had the unelected Senate and compliant government not intervened. So those suffering from mental disorders, including depression, as the leader has mentioned, deserve the mental health and social supports and counseling they need to find some joy and some meaning in life. It is deeply concerning that this government appears to be inexorably moving from a culture of life to a culture of death. So my bill seeks to arrest that momentum and give the government and all Canadians time 
to reconsider the direction the government appears to be taking us when it comes to assisted suicide and euthanasia. FAST's proposed legislation comes as the government announced last month that it would introduce legislation to delay by one year the expansion of assisted suicide to cover those suffering solely from a mental illness. FAST says it's not enough to delay the implementation of the controversial practice. He believes that those suffering from mental illness should be barred from the regime entirely. Andrew, what do you think will come of all of this? Because it does seem like uh, FAST bill is kind of reading the tea leaves about where public sentiment is at, but I suppose the Liberal government can turn around and say, well, let's not predetermine what's going to happen in our review. Maybe the review could conclude the same thing. This is an issue that's showing a huge chasm between where public opinion is and where the activists are. And, and the Liberals have basically on this issue been siding with the activists, which is moving us towards a society in which you can have suicide on demand, whatever the issue. And if your issue is a solely a mental illness, which is near and dear to my heart for reasons I, I've discussed on my show, uh, you should not be excluded from that because it would be discriminatory. And I, I think that it is a very difficult sell in the public that someone who has a, an illness that uh, up until now would be treated, uh, which if they wanted to end their life, would now be met with facilitation. And all of these stories of people that have gone to the government because they say, oh, I need a wheelchair lift or, oh, I need my veterans benefits. And the government or government agents respond with, well, have you considered assisted suicide? Uh, these things have actually been making an impact. And, and the level of coverage that we've seen outside of Canada on this suggests that people are taking notes. So am I optimistic that the Conservatives' opposition motion will be received by by the Liberals well? No. But I think it keeps the discussion going and just exposes the, frankly, ghoulishness of this policy. And yet, Andrew, we did have a report come out amidst all of this frustrations showing that the committee did recommend mature minors be added to some lists of people eligible for all of this. So uh, what are we looking at here? Two steps forward, one step back? I mean, in what framework did that come out? Absolutely. And there was also one expert, I believe he was with the Quebec Medical Society, though I, I may be wrong about that, who was advocating that assisted suicide, involuntary assisted suicide for seriously deformed infants might be justifiable. So you have right now people that are trying to push this to a, a point of, of being a country in which there are very few, if any, restrictions on who the state can kill. And I, I don't use that term lightly. That's it for today, and don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.